Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Well, well, well. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving because it's the week after Thanksgiving and it is a perfect time. Yeah, to spend time with families. And if you're an entrepreneur, that's, of course, something you might be doing. But at the same time, if you're an entrepreneur, you are probably diving right back into it. You are taking the opportunity to grow the business, taking the opportunity to do some catch-up work, to do some creative work. And, you know, I, I think in, in a time like this, you know, the, the holidays come around and, and we're in this interesting PC era where do you say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that stuff. I think it's a really relevant conversation and one I've been having quite a bit with uh, friends of mine, which is how much of yourself do you bring into the workplace that you do? You know, I have some people who say you're completely professional. I have one colleague who says, I don't tell any, any of my work associates anything about myself. My clients don't know anything about me. And then I have other people who say, hey, that's where I go and, and I bring my faith and I bring my ministry and I do that. So the question I think to me is, how much of what do you do? So my, welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur. I'm Matt Browning. And today we have a phenomenal guest on Interview Fridays. And his name is Bob Lambert. Now Bob is the host of Faith Marketplace Radio. It's a radio program in Chicago, Illinois on AM 1160. Saturdays at noon, Faith Marketplace. One of the few radio shows that talks about the intersection of faith and work. It's also syndicated globally, of course, through anywhere you can get podcasts. Um, through his Faith Marketplace, uh, through the AM 1160 app and online and everywhere you get podcasts. Bob also has a, over a 30-year career and experience in strategic business development and marketing for brands like uh, Building Muhammad Ali's Global Fan Club and Fortune 500 companies like Procter & Gamble, Kraft, United Airlines, Citibank, and even Willy Wonka brands, as well as being the founder of four successful entrepreneur startup companies I can't think of a better person to talk about the intersection of faith and business than Bob Lambert. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm well, Matt. Thank you. Really appreciate yeah. you having me on. Look, we, uh, I, I kept cutting you off uh, before we went to tape because every single time I asked you a question, you said, oh, I got a great story about that. And I can't wait to get into your <laughs> stories. Um, I had a yeah. wonderful time uh, sharing on your radio program uh, uh, about a month ago or a few weeks back. Yeah. Your uh, wonderful co-host, Jennifer. We were talking about really how, how I walk out faith and marketplace. Because most people know, you know I'm a Christian and, and I help to lead in our church out here in Grand Rapids and my wife. Um, so it's a big part of our personal life. But there's, there's this question of, well, how, how much do you go or not go? Because you want to be able to respect other people. And at the same time, you, you, know, you don't want to hide who you are. And, and we're in kind of a funky culture. What's your take uh, right off the bat on 
faith in the marketplace. How does that work? Well, um, you said it well, you know, you have to be careful with that. And I'm not a big fan of proselytizing or beating the head of, you know, people over the head with it. I mean, that's a, that's just a recipe for disaster. So you don't but go in, it's, your, it's, if you work in a company, you don't go in and be like, hey, you know, no. I, this is my belief in, you know. Yeah, no. Do it you, too. you do it. You, actually, you show up by your walk, to be honest with you. Show up, you know, we're told to work with excellence. Uh, we're told not to gossip. We're, you know, these kind of things that really show off your integrity, your character, and transparency of who you are. So just be who you are, but walk it. Uh, if there's the opportunity to share your testimony with somebody, then by all means, do that. Uh, milk of human kindness. You know, when you're, you see a hurting um, colleague or somebody that's having some problems or something, you know, coming up alongside of them and supporting them. And oftentimes what I've done in the past, I say, you know, can I pray for you? Um, and they're, they're a little bit surprised by that. But, you know, I've never had anybody turn me down, Matt when I've asked him if I could pray for him. And we're talking all across the spectrum. One of the things I used to do, just go away and pray for them. But then I got prompted to basically start praying for him right then and there. Just a quick one, not something that goes on and on and on, just a very quick prayer that would speak to them in a way that, you know, uh, in a, that they would uh, relate to as to what their issue was. And uh, again, nobody's ever turned me down. So those would be just kind of a few things you can do demonstrate your walk, uh, not going overboard, you know, not getting in people's face, not being judgmental about things. Um, you know, uh, oftentimes I'll start that with, Hey, you know, I, uh, heard this great, uh, talk at church this weekend. It was about such and such. If I think it's relevant, you know, so bring other ways like, you can bring things up. So bringing in content that, you know, you're not saying, you know, well, the Bible says this and that kind no, of thing, yeah. obviously, no, um, and I want to say too, just like on the air, uh, I think, and you probably have the same sentiment as I do. I want to apologize to the world. If you've run into people like that, if you run into people who try to thump something over your head, like they're like, nobody likes and nobody really respects when somebody thumps a belief over their head, regardless yep. of what the belief is, regardless Absolutely. of what it is. I don't care if it's religious or not, or which religion it is. Nobody right. is going to be open and listening to that in the first place. So you talked well, about walk. Um, one of the things you mentioned was not gossiping in, in, in workplace. Mm. And it got, it got me curious. I think uh, I shared this recently, I think on, on a podcast or on a Facebook, I talked about, I realized that I didn't realize at the time, but I, I gossiped a lot and I didn't know that it was gossiping because I wouldn't call it gossip, right? I just mm. called it talking about what was going on with people. And all of a sudden it is, how do you define gossip and why is it so negative? Uh, what's your take on that? Well, it, you know, if you're talking about somebody else in the workplace, you know, if you're, you know, telling stories about people, whether those are true or not, uh, if you're repeating things that you heard, but there's no validity to that. Now, there, there's a fine, there's a line there. Um, basically, kind of I treated it, you know, because I was in the service, kind of need to know if somebody has, if it's a piece of information that somebody really needs to know. But being in, in leadership and management, you got to really walk, uh, you know, a fine line with this stuff as to how much you share with a subordinate, how much, you know, goes on with that or telling it on up the line. Um, as I tell people, because I have to work with a lot of confidentiality with my clients and in several of the things that we're doing, that um, when I get hired into a company, you know, I would tell the, the, uh, the owner or the, the um, president CEO, you know, I'm going to be a coach and a mentor to your people. And that means there's confidentiality with what they tell me. The only exception to that, if it's, they tell me something that's going to cause harm to somebody else. And then, and I relay that to the people that I coach to. 
so I said, you know, if there's something you relate to me, um, you know, that, uh, and, you know, I'll play it back, you know, that, that sounds like it's, there's going to be a problem here with that. Um, you know, that, that'd be the only instance, but. So sim- um, similar yeah. to, to uh, like therapeutic rules, mm-hmm. if you're going, yeah. if you're going to counselor, um, yeah. I love that. It, you know, when I think about gossip and, and towing that line, it's fascinating when you become aware of it. Um, it's, it's amazing how many people, I mean, just about dang near everyone at some level does that. Cause I think yeah. about this, you know, it, in, in the seminar world, we go to live seminars and events and we put on seminars all over the world. Um, there's a lot of sometimes gossip just in the student body or the mm-hmm. attendee body. And I realized one of the ways I defined it is, are you talking to someone who can do something about your problem or not? Yeah. So even as simple as like, God, it's so cold in here. I can't believe, like, why is the air so low? Well, are they talking to someone else? And now you're trying to kind of get, uh, um, you know, get energy behind the fact that it's too cold and trying to get someone else on your side. Or are you talking to someone who works there and, or someone on the staff who might be able to actually make a change for you? Yeah, so are you, you complaining bingo. or are you trying to do something about it? I think that's a, a big differentiation. Well, you know, you, you struck on something there too, because Again, in leadership, you got people bringing their issues to you about, you know, Mary Jane or Dick, right? Yeah. And I'd say, have you had that conversation with Mary Jane or Dick directly? Amen. And what do you think the answer usually is? <laughs> well, no. I said, well, then go back and have that conversation with them. And if you guys can't work it out, then you'll bring it to me. And I guarantee you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Try starting it with that first. I love that. Yeah, oh, my exactly. gosh. Uh, very, <laughs> yeah. very good. Um, I want to get into um, a little bit of your, your background, too. Mm-hmm. So, so 30 years, um, how old were you when you got into the idea of marketing, um, doing business stuff? And really before that, were you always a business guy? Were you always like into that? Or did you have a completely different background? How did you grow up? Were you interested in that stuff early on? Or did, was there something that changed your trajectory? Well, you know, it's like anything else kind of accidental, but I was, you know, very motivated. I'm the oldest of five children in my family and 23 grandchildren. I'm the oldest of 23 grandchildren. So um, coming from a lower middle class family, we worked, you know, half of everything I made went to the family. 25% went in the bank account. I never saw it. And the other 25 cents I got to spend. And so consequently through high school, I had three jobs. I had ascended to being a, you know, a assistant manager of a supermarket chain. Uh, and uh, then I went on into college, got uh, called up into the Navy. And then and my first real job was well, going to work for a little company called Nestle. And so I spent a decade with them, uh, came in actually on the marketing side and then evolved over into sales because I had that supermarket background. And so I could you know, sit with the buyer and understand that side of the, the conversation. It really goes back all the way to when I was probably about nine or 10 years old when I won my first hot cross bun sale, uh, sale singing Cub Scouts. So I, knew, what I guess was that, that was destiny. Hot cross buns? What was yeah. it? Back in those days, there were these buns that you sold that had a cross on them. Buns? They're called hot cross buns, and it was around, generally speaking, around Easter. Like a hamburger and, bun or like a No, no, no. They were just like a roll, basically. Okay. They had raisins in it. I didn't like the things. The things were terrible. But, you know, we'd go out there and, and sell those for a fundraiser. And yeah. so I, you know, first year I went out and I, I can't remember, <laughs> it, it, it was some stupid amount that I actually sold, you know, because I just go up to anybody <laughs> back then. But it's kind of interesting, too, because I was really kind of a shy kid, gawky, awkward, you know, I never really was, uh, you know, 
played some sports and did different things. Actually, I was a, you know, I went to in high school. What really my goal and my ambition was to be a commercial artist. That's why I went to school at Ferris to become a commercial artist, find out that I wasn't very good at it and then switch to, to marketing. So out of that, out of 10 years of doing that, and, and frankly, this is, a, you know, uh, again, a very transparent story. Um, in three days time, I lost a 10-year career, was summarily fired, turned 30, and was asked for a divorce. And so that was uh, kind of a uh, 40,000 foot drop, but I didn't know the Lord at the time. Uh, you know, I had my, I had my priorities really screwed up. Um, I was traveling about 80% of the time. Um, I didn't take a vacation for the first seven years of my career. My family did, but I didn't. So, you know, it was it just kind of a, I think it had everything out of whack, uh, Matt. And God slapped me around pretty good. Um, ended up buying a motorcycle. Toured all of Canada, Western United you. States, Smoky Mountain Park Ridge. What kind of bike? Over a success of four years. I had a, a GS850 Suzuki. Oh, wow. Uh, dressed out. And most of that was by myself because um, I actually attained the rank of Eagle Scout with all the palms and Order of the Arrow. Uh, you know, and so well I love camping, I love hiking. Most, most everyone should know this, but Order of the Arrow is the yeah. highest rank you can get in Cub Scouting. And Eagle is the highest rank you can achieve in Boy Scouting. And when you're an Eagle Scout, you're an Eagle Scout for life. It's yep. a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, my son's in Scouts now, and I was as well. But when I, when I, got, in, when I got into junior high, it wasn't cool anymore. And, and it's, um, I don't regret anything in life except for that. It's, it is one thing that uh, if I could do it again, I would go back and change that. I, I have to tell you, that got me my first job with Nestle, my first corporate job, because I was up against that? an MBA. And, um, they, you know, the, the guy that hired me said, you know, uh, he, he, I kind of astounded him because he said, you know, what makes you think you're good? You know, uh, he said, what do you want to be in five years? That was, a, that was the thing back then. I said, who's your boss's boss? He said, well, that's a guy that runs international out of every Switzerland. I said, that's the guy I'm going to be. So if you hire me, you better be nice to me on the way up. <laughs> he, he was blown away. Just nobody in 25 years has ever said anything like that. He said, you know, you little. You know, you I think you're going to better be that. nice to me. All right. You yeah. hear that young startups, entrepreneurs, you whippersnappers, <laughs> you hear that Eagle scout. I'm telling you Eagle scout, get your yeah. kids in, you know, in scouting. It is something that is still a real thing. You put that on a resume yeah. and I know that was back in the day, but like it's still today. You, it ask, is. you ask me, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a business owner. If I'm hiring and I had an opportunity between two different and now it's, it's men or women, right? Yep. In, uh, in, in scouting. But if I had the, if I had the choice, I'm going to pick the Eagle Scout because I know what goes into that. I know the dedication and I know the determination and I know the character and I know what they've had to do and accomplish for that. So anyway, let's move on from, from scouting. Yeah. So you start growing up and so you're having this crisis, essentially you're having, um, divorce, loss yeah. of a 10 year, really your main adult career you've had. Yeah. Um, and you're not saved. I know from knowing you personally, I know that you met God within a few years of there. Tell me that story of um, how you, your spiritual transformation. I think that's a really well, interesting part of this whole uh, journey. Yeah, it really started when I got the motorcycle, man. You know, I took sabbaticals for four years and I'd go off and just start, you know, and especially going across Canada. I mean, you cannot possibly lay out underneath the stars in Canada which are phenomenal up there and, and not know there's a greater person or a greater entity than you. And that's really was the start of me coming back. Uh, I'd lost my way and I really started there. 
So it was more of a spiritual awakening at that point in time. Yes. And uh, that went on for a period of time because I was in the desert for 36 years um, and came out of it. And I'm, you know, a child of drug, sex and rock and roll. And they did every one of them. I mastered them all. Uh, <laughs> but then finally, God got a hold of me. And yes. um, in 2001, January of 2001, I'm in a little church here in, in my hometown here in Libertyville. And um, I just walked into that church and I'm sitting in the back row and they're still singing Christmas music. And I'm back there crying like a baby, giving myself to the Lord. <laughs> You know, wow. And then uh, 19 years later, here I am, you know, still trying to get honed and get, and get going. But I had the good fortune also of meeting a wonderful couple that were just evolving out of crew um, or what was called Campus Crusade back then. They were in, in um, college ministry and they were coming over into adult ministry, yes. executive ministry. So I ended up being mentored by them for over a year with uh, Leon. And uh, taking him through, um, you know, uh, a faith journey uh, that Bill Bright created with um, Krampus Crusade. At the same time, then I became his coach and mentor as how to talk to uh, Christian business owners. And then in a, my network, because I knew a lot of people. I also had the, uh, the privilege about that time, just shortly after that, to get involved with C12. So I spent a decade in C12, which is a peer-to-peer Christian business leader group. I encourage anybody out there listening, I don't care whether it's faith-based or not, get into something, get some help, get other people around you that have like interests because it's lonely at the top. When you're an entrepreneur, you're by yourself, you're on an island, you need this kind of support. And there's, there's these kind of groups all over the place. So um, let me, let's, I want to put a few of these in the show notes as well. So anyone, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening in the car or whatnot, um, head over and you can get the download and the stream of this uh, on the podcast networks, anywhere you get podcasts, look for the driven entrepreneur. We'll have all these in the show notes. What are a couple of those faith-based peer-to-peer um, support groups? Because when we first talked on your radio show, I hadn't heard of any and I'm in, in ministry and leadership and in business. And I've been doing that for years as well, but I like, I'm not a part of any of that. I didn't even know it existed and I felt a little dumb for it, but I want to know about this. So tell, tell us a few of those. So if anyone listening, um, that would help them. I uh, would love to know some of those. Well, the, the two biggest ones in the country are C12. That's the granddaddy. And that's the letter C and what of the numerals one, two basically stood for Christian 12, like the uh, disciples. But the other one is called convene C O N V E N E. Both of those <clears throat> have uh, these, what they call peer to peer groups. And they have a person that chairs them that is, you know, a Christian. Uh, and then, um, you know, the other one that's the granddaddy of them all, that's a secular group called Vistage. And that's been around since the mid fifties. Um, Vistage, Vistage is secular, right? But this is yep, a, that's secular. is Vistage a CEO support yep. group? Yeah. CEO, president, uh, owner. Um, you have mainly, uh, small mid-market companies that are in all of these groups. That's what they cater to. Are there qualifications for those to be part of those? Like you have to have a certain size of business or a certain revenue or a certain something, or are most of these, Hey, join and get support. Yeah. yeah they try to, they, they, they try to stratify them based on the type size of the business and sophistication of the business, because you don't want somebody in there. That's a sub million dollar business sitting in a room with somebody. that's a $50 million business, you know, you yeah. got two well, different sets of issues. Right. And it's going to be something that's very different. That's more of a mentoring yep. position rather than a peer to peer, obviously. Yeah. And so they, they've set it up intentionally that way. And that now with that, I'm really excited that they're doing now is they're really setting up uh, younger groups. So that, you know, more for a half day kind of thing. And um, those are specifically dialed into um, younger people as to 
their business careers, their path where they're at. But a lot of this is designed, again, for business leaders that own their own businesses. Um, and then the next layer down underneath that would be their executive team. And they have special ones just for them, too. We also have, uh, you know, market, uh, uh, market, marketplace chaplains that are out there, the wonderful organization in Chaplains USA. They're actually take and, and interject chaplains into your organization that can take and, you know, uh, bring comfort to people that are suffering across the board. They don't proselytize or anything, but they come in there and they make uh, home visits. They go to hospitals and come into the into the business the, the business and just really and they're phenomenal. I, I can tell you. I got exposed to them when I got into C12 because there's um, there's a symbiotic relationship between those and, and these uh, peer groups. Wow. So um, then we have, and there's a lot of them around there, uh, you know, out in the marketplace. Barnabas is another one that isn't necessarily a peer to peer group, but it's business owners coming and basically having a, a three um, ministries present to them in a business like manner. They only have 20 minutes to present it. So it's kind of like a TED talk. And they got to get right to the point because the people in the audience, generally speaking, are business leaders or have some kind of influence in the marketplace that they then, um, the whole purpose of them being there is to see how they might come up alongside them through, uh, you know, talent or treasure or something like that. Now, it's not, they can't pitch for money, but certainly they can make requests for, hey, we need marketing help. We need some financial advice, you know, any operational advice, that kind of thing. And that's another wonderful thing that's out there. Oh, that's exciting. So Barnabas is that. And, and I love yeah. that because, you know, sometimes when we think of, of ministry or really any nonprofit, you know, it's always, well, they're all trying to do great things and we're all just trying to make money. And then if we just give them our money and there's so yeah. much more to what you can do with that. So I think that's phenomenal that, um, you know, every, every ministry can use really just about every business skill, whether it's accounting or marketing or sales or anything else. Yeah, and it was birthed out of a program called um, Master's Program, uh, actually out of California, Bob Shank. And the Master's Program is a two-year program. That's for business leaders, and it's really intense. But okay, and that was basically kind of like uh, halftime. What are you going to do with your gifts and your talent you know, to further the kingdom? And basically yes. what happened was these guys graduated, and then it's like, well, where do I go to help anybody? And that's when Barnabas, uh, the whole concept of Bar Barnabas came up. I love that. He said, let's Very. just, instead of you having to go out there and try to figure all this out, let's just bring ministries once a quarter up in front of a group and let them talk about their ministry and what their needs are. Really, really great. So guys, yeah. if, if, if you're looking to be involved in, in having ministry into your business or how to give back, or this is an important conversation to you, those are some great resources. I want to circle around and um, kind of switch gears a little bit, Bob. Mm -hmm. you, how long have you been running Faith Marketplace Radio? Uh, we're going into our seventh year. Seventh year. And we've conducted almost 600 interviews. Now, this is interesting to me because, you know, um, in the last couple of years, that's when, you know, I, I got into the podcast world and then the syndicated radio world. And, and I've really been enjoying the process of it. But I think people might not realize kind of what goes into running a weekly radio show. So you're on, when you're on an AM, FM terrestrial station, you know, you have a slot. And you have Saturdays at 12 o'clock in Chicago, AM 1160, and you have to produce a show every single week for them. What goes into, I don't know, what are some of the ups, the downs, uh, strategies? What have you learned along the way? Anything you want to share about that, about producing a weekly ongoing show like that? 
Well, you got to get your ducks in a row. I was very fortunate. You know, I, that was the last thing in Galaxy, my thinking, as I told you, Matt, that I'd ever be on, you know, a radio show host or any of that stuff. But God had a different plan. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> he, he, he hit me right between the eyes because I was really having a crisis of calling back a number of years ago. So I shared with a guy actually that was with the station and got me involved in the whole thing. Uh, we were celebrating the birth of what I call the eighth one of the world, the birth of his first child. And I took him out to lunch and we're talking. I was sharing with him that, hey, I'm just kind of having this crisis going on. Well, he happened to be working and he'd been a radio for 20 years, but working at AM 1160. And all of a sudden he looks at me and points his finger at me. He says, Bob, Bob, we got an opening from noon to one o'clock on AM 1160. Why don't you host a show talking about how you bring your faith and work together? Hmm. And I'm just stunned. I'm looking at him and say, well, I know I got the face for radio. I didn't know I had the voice for it. And he started <laughs> laughing. And then, and I swear to goodness uh, on this, Matt, before I knew it, what I had no conscious thought of what came out of my mouth next. And I said, what is, what do we have to do to make that happen? And that was the beginning of it all. And that was in July. And we went on air that October of uh, 2013, October the 26th. Uh, and remember it like it was yesterday, but the other thing was really meaningful is that was my deceased father's birthday. And so I dedicated the show to dad. And then because I'd been in C12 and these were business owners and leaders, Christian business owner leaders that got this whole concept of faith and work, because that's how that was the whole concept. How do you build a God honoring business and a kingdom building business? And yes. so I knew these people would get it. And that's where I started. <laughs> and so you just said, let's just do that. Now, how, yeah. do, you, how do you keep do you, is it about keeping it fresh? Is it about continuing a conversation? Is it about deepening the, the community and the relationship with one listener at a time long, you know, long standing and maybe all that's true. What's your, uh, kind of, what's your philosophy on growing and make and having a successful ongoing radio show? Cause it is a lot of work and it's not always, I know uh, a lot of, uh, you know, you know, there's not a lot of instant results necessarily, but it's uh, an amazing privilege to be on the on the airwaves and be able to share with people, and hopefully they tune in and listen and get something major out of it. What What are some of your philosophies? <clears throat> excuse me, philosophies about easy for me to say um, about running uh, an excellent radio show because I know you have a very high standard for what you do. Yeah, well, first of all, God laid this thing on me. I, I it's like wow, you know, and and it just came, it just flowed. He said, inspire, equip, and encourage Christians to lead where they're at by their walk. That's the theme. And then when I gave it to a young person down the street from me that was in a technical creative, I said, you know, here's my concept. I'm going to call it Faith Marketplace. I checked it out. I got the URL. Here's the subtitles to it. Uh, do me up a logo and uh, let's get a website up and all that. You know where the first place that young man went to? He went directly to the Bible. And the inspiration for the logo, which is a lighthouse with the, the uh, Holy Spirit as the light out of that tower, um, basically came out of uh, Matthew 5.16. And that was became our scripture verse. Um, yeah. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. Well, you know, that is, you know, put, let your light shine before you in the glory of, for the glory of God, right? And that's what I, this is really about, is not to hide your lamp under a basket. And you asked me earlier, how do you really do that in the marketplace and share? It's basically... You know, we've gotten so PC in this country that people are cowering. You know, they're fearful to bring up anything or have a conversation about stuff. And that's kind of the analogy in this scripture versus get your light out from under the basket. Let the whole world see. And again, that's not about, you know, proselytizing or, you know, trying to jam something down somebody's throat. It's just that I don't know about you, but, you know, if you've been around certain people, there's a glow about them. Right. 
Yes. And there's a confidence. There's a quiet gentry and a confidence when they know the Lord. And, uh, you know, and I've got a, a number of business leaders who will tell me openly that, you know, people come to them. They seek them out. And so, you know, but the general philosophy about it, and, and the other thing you put on me is, Bob, I want you to break down the walls between the Christians in Chicago. There's silos here, right? Break them down, bring them all together under one tent, and that's the marketplace. Just like Billy Graham said, the revival in this country is going to be in the marketplace, not in the four walls of churches. Yeah, we don't have and we so, don't have to be in, in separate camps and separate, nope. you know, you're doing your thing, I'm doing mine, I don't agree with you. And, and it's funny how, how much division can happen, really, again, in any organization, but especially right. in, uh, in religious organizations where it's just more and more and more. You know, yeah. there's, but at the same time, I, I love the work you're doing is not about division. It's about inclusion. It's about um, bringing one simple message and bringing that into, into the place. Um, be a lampstand, man. That is so give me a little of something interesting too, because I started looking back over it. God had something real intentional when, you know, I founded the Samurai Business Group because that was the year I came to the Lord. Okay. That January. And I founded it in uh, February, March, something like that. And what I didn't realize at the time, and I kind of looking back over that, the vast majority of people that have we've done business with, uh, in some form or fashion, are faith-based people. Yeah. And that, we never set out to do that. that. That was never part of it. But obviously, every once in a while, I'll put a, a line of scripture maybe at the bottom of a, a PowerPoint presentation, or I'll say something, not speaking Bible speak, but just say something. And I'll have people, especially when I've done a lot of public speaking, and I'll have people come up to after me and they'll look at me and go, Bob, are you a Christian? <laughs> you know, I'd say, yes, yes I am. <laughs> you know? That's so wonderful. You know, and it's funny that you said it's not that you're looking for those people, but there's so many people, so many businesses. And guys, there's so many opportunities in the world that you really can, in a lot of ways, pick and choose um, what resonates with you and, and who you want to work with. Like, you know, I, I do, one of the things we do is public speaker and training. And there's a ton of public speaker trainers in some form or fashion around the world. So it's like, well, what makes me different? Well, a big part of what makes me different is who I am. Not necessarily right. what I teach. I do it very well, I believe. And, yes. you know, we have excellence, but, but it's who I am. And people will resonate with that for sure. Yeah. Um, Bob, as we're winding down here in our time, I do want to just circle back to one last uh, story. And I know you have a good one on this. You worked on Willy Wonka brands, and you said you got. There's a story about Willy Wonka. Um, I can't wait to hear this because I'm a huge <laughs> Willy Wonka fan. I'm a big Golden Ticket fan. What in the world is that like to work with? I mean, did you go to the factory? Did you meet an Oompa Loompa? Tell me what happened. <laughs> yeah, all the Loompa Loompas. Actually, it's not, not as glamorous as it sounds. But we, my agency, when I had the Marketing Edge uh, agency, actually concepted uh, right from the get-go the product Nerds nerds candy so i'm the nerds guy and uh we launched that product and <clears throat> in just a little over a year we doubled the size of Willy wonka brands with the launch of that one product um it was such a kick to work on and we had a character actor out of detroit that played Willy wonka you know when we'd have grand openings or do uh, ribbon cuttings and all kinds of campaigns that we launched and we'd fly him around and the kids went nuts you know uh, but yeah we have we had a lot of fun with that you know, a lot of fun. And there's lots of stories with that one. Well, um, also, what I share with your, you is... Give me your favorite Willy Wonka story. Well, uh, we're, you're, we're in the factory one day. And in, in how this whole thing got started was they're making the gobstoppers and uh, uh, bottle caps and all the sweet and sour kind of candies that they made at the time because they really got away from the chocolate business. 
And the, the, so we're looking at all this stuff and I'm going, you know, they have buckets, you know, uh, down the line and these renderings are coming off the, and I said, what do you guys do with that? And he says, oh, we just throw it in the bat and, you know, and recycle and that kind of stuff. And I said, well, I think you got something here. And so we sit down, we start noodling around with their marketing department and had one guy that was really creative. And he said, well, what if we took and put a hard coating on it or something like that? And then we put it in boxes and one thing came to another as we concept then I said, well, here's something unique. Why don't we just put two different flavors on each side? No. And then to get that whole thing started and launched, what we created was an instant win sweepstakes. So that both those flaps you peeled open were winners, one side or the other. So we borrowed a, a little off of Cracker Jacks and what they did, putting a tchotchke prize in there. And we ended up where everyone was a winner practically. And we built it all the way up to where the top winner got a full-blown Yamaha stereo set. Now, that was a big deal back in that time in the mid-80s, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a and, big box. <laughs> yeah, this guy. It was a, this is a, a whole stereo outfit. Oh, and the, the young, big, tall yeah. one, right? Oh, yeah. Big, speakers, speakers, the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Turntable, yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> so this young man that won it was, I think it was about 11 or 12, maybe. He, <laughs> I couldn't believe he bought 36 boxes of this stuff. <laughs> wow. And he ended up winning. And we had big publicity around it, you know, because that's a lot of the stuff that we did to promote back then. You know, this is prior to the Internet. Uh, so, you know, we we uh, we got a lot of mileage out of that. I mean, uh, my PR, the gal that worked with me that did the PR work, I bet you we had to have probably three to four four-inch binders full of stuff that we generated out of that, you know, as far as advertising and promotion and public relations and all the different kind of stuff we did. So if uh, so, I'm a big nerds fan. So Bob, so you're the one responsible, or your team's responsible for when I when I used to get because I loved those in Halloween when I was a kid. I got the the two sided nerds, the nerds yep. that had two different flavors, and that was so yep. cool. It was like a two for one. I love oh, it. Yeah. I miss it. So um, guys, if you want to send hate mail right now to uh, <laughs> to find out and and try to get those double nerds back, if you're sick of single flavor nerds. Uh, you can email Bob in his office. No, <laughs> you uh, but you can you can follow Bob if you want to find out more about this. He has a ton of business white papers, um, so much to teach and so much to learn on business and marketing at uh, Robert J Lambert on LinkedIn. And then you can also his business is Samurai Business Group. You can follow him on Facebook at Sam Biz G R P. So S A M B I Z G R P at Facebook, and his website is Samurai. S A M U R A I Biz Group G uh, sorry B I Z G R P again dot com Samurai Biz Group G R P. Um, we'll have all that in the show notes as well. Um, and I'm and Bob, this is an incredible time together. Make sure you follow Bob. Make sure you check out the website. And on there, of course, he also has his uh, best-selling book, "Put the Win Back in Your Sales," not wind, but win. And that is all about, of course what you've been talking about this entire time. And we'll have a, a link to get that uh, on Amazon. Bob, final thoughts, final questions, final statements. You want the world to know something as we, uh, as we wind down here? Well, I got a kind, of a, a, a kind of a favorite quote. Actually, I just got this not too long ago, and I think it's just a great quote for all the audience out there. And that is, the master has failed more times than the beginner has ever tried. And that's by Stephen McCraney. Wow. The master has failed more times than, than the beginner has even tried. <laughs> so the, the point being of that is get a mentor, uh, a coach, a mentor. I've had him throughout my career. It's the most fantastic thing to have. I know you subscribe to that, Matt. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of wonderful people out there that 
have this kind of experience that they're more than willing to pour into younger people. Um, I do it all the time. I help uh, guy, kids in college that want to get jobs. I lecture at Northwestern University and the University of Chicago and their entrepreneur programs. Um, so I've, I've really got a heart for that. And most people in my age category do. They want to give back. So just tap into them. Outstanding. Bob Lambert, thank you so much for coming on Faith Marketplace Radio, everyone. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. All right, my friends, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> Make <is> sure. <laughs> well, we're Did still enjoying it. <laughs> we're still signing off, everyone. We're still signing off, Bob. <laughs> But that is it for the show this week. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on the on-demand platforms if you haven't already on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, iHeart, wherever you get podcasts. If you're listening on the radio, make sure you get the on-demand version. We do two episodes a week, Teaching Tuesdays and Interview Fridays. So today, have a phenomenal weekend as the holidays are approaching. And as usual, get out there, my friends, and crush it. See you.